Today's episode, I'm going to sit down and talk to Thomas Niazgoda, co-founder and head of marketing of one of the most popular SEO tools on the market, which is Surfer SEO. Tom started his online marketing journey at just 12 years old on YouTube and learned SEO through his website that he built. Tom's journey as a marketer is super inspiring to any young adult or wanting to take their career to the next level. So let's get into the episode. It all started uh, in 2011 when I realized that all of the websites that I, I, I used to build are worthless, w- worthless without any, any traffic. And this is how I got into SEO and marketing itself. In, in general, I really, really liked writing and recording videos. So on top of one of my technology blogs, I created a dedicated YouTube channel and some brands like Samsung, Asus, Acer, uh, started sending me their stuff to get honest reviews. And um, at, after a couple of months of doing it uh, for my own, I joined forces with some of colleagues and they started putting their content on the same channel and website. Uh, Revenue-wise, we were getting approximately $30, $30 per video, uh, but back then it was quite a lot. And it helped us, uh, me in particular, I found another businesses. Uh, so the, the next business uh, I started was related to textiles. So we, I started selling t-shirts, hoodies. Um, I met a lot of amazing people during that period of time, uh, especially especially um, one of my greatest colleague, Arik, who is currently working as a designer at, uh, at the marketing team in Surfer. Uh, so yeah, apart from that, I started building websites for others and providing them SEO marketing consultancy, and it all helped me to become quite experienced marketing marketer at the age of 17. Wow. Wow. You've done so much. Like, wait, that was it up until you were 17. I thought like it was your twenties. You've been doing all that. (laughs) No, no, I'm currently in my twenties. I, uh, when I said that it all started in 2011, I was 12 years old back then. So, okay, (laughs) Uh, okay. All right. That's really amazing. That's super motivating. I hope for the audience too. like you are, it's never too early to start and yeah. Oh, definitely. um... Definitely. The the sooner, the better, I would say, especially with the current environment and the the, the ability to learn everything on the go, uh, thanks to internet, it's amazing. Actually, you can, you can probably access all of the information that the humankind developed from any place on the earth, right? So it's, it's amazing to see, to, to actually live during that times. Wow. Uh, yeah, that you're, uh, I think I watched the video, like the people who started in any type of online businesses grow the fastest because the internet evolves so fast. So as a result, uh, the people who started early, now they are, are making a lot more, which is like online entrepreneurship is, is really, seem to be very lucrative. I'm not saying like you shouldn't work hard. They also work hard. It's just that the, the industry is like, is so fast paced and SEO is one of them. Like everything is changing in SEO all oh, the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to just build uh, on, on your thought because you said that SEO is changing fast and that allows people to jump into that train and, you know, get to the place when they are qu- 
quite experienced within probably six to 12 months because the, 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 there's like super small barrier to entry. Like because SEO is changing very fast, you can join the, this, this race, right? And spend six to 12 months, master one particular thing that it's on the trends currently and become, you know, become a quite experienced SEO. SEO. Yeah. Are you coming to Chiang Mai SEO conference, by the way? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Amazing. I, 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 are you? Yes. yes. Cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> I got tickets. Awesome. Like, I was like one of the almost last ones, I think, like almost a few hundred. Anyway, uh, so that's really cool. Um, <laughs> I'm happy, y'all. Uh, and my next question is like, what does your day-to-day -day routine look like now as a head of marketing? Like, how do you spend your day? Mm. Well, so I barely have a day-to-day -day routine, to be honest. It, it's draining a lot of energy from me, but I'm switching context very often. And that's because as many of us working in tech companies, I wear a lot of hats and, you know, even though I'm, I'm most responsible for marketing department, I'm deeply engaged in discussions about product development, growth and running the company itself. Uh, I, I should probably mention that but not, I'm not only a head of marketing here, but I'm also one of the co-founders of the company. So I, I, I saw the, the whole, the whole road and as you know, currently we have 17 employees and they are like lacking of that experience and the story. So I, I kind of make sure that they, 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 they know where we are coming from, etc. And, um, to put that into perspective, because we, you ask about the routine, so I maybe will be able to tell you a bit more about my weekly routine. So I have regular meetings with uh, the whole marketing department every week and separate calls with three leaders out of smaller marketing departments. Our marketing department is, um, is consists of eight, eight people. And then you have like a content marketing department, smaller one. Uh, we have a creative, uh, department where we have a senior brand designer and a full stack, uh, designer, uh, Arek. And also we have a product marketing department that that makes sure that all of the activities between marketing and product are in sync. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So on those calls, we prioritize our tasks, coordinate actions and discuss challenges as well as update ourselves on the most important matters that are, you know, showing pop, popping up during the uh, work week. And, uh, my weeks are full of meetings and it's something that I don't really enjoy the most. I mean, the meetings itself are a bit draining for me. So, uh, whenever possible, I try to avoid them. And if something, if some of the meetings are lacking of the agenda, right, it's probably wise to just reject it or maybe just do an async update, chat a little bit, uh, send a couple of emails, right. Whenever you have a time, instead of preparing for a call that doesn't have any agenda, right? And, and yeah, it, yeah. for me, it's, it's very difficult because if I know that I have a meeting in like one hour from now, I barely can focus on doing anything else. I'm thinking about that. Okay. The clock is ticking and I have 50 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. And, uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoy uh, days when I, uh, 
when I, <coughs> excuse me, when I don't have any meetings, but unfortunately it's barely happening. So um, yeah, this is how it looks like. Wow, uh, I think I missed a bridge when, uh, uh, how did you start to co-found Surfer? What, <laughs> did you, so you said like you were doing uh, websites, you were building websites and was it like around the same time or? Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that's a very, very good question. Uh, so all of the things I said at the beginning happened up to the moment when I was 17. And then I decided that I want to focus more on SEO in particular. So I started my uh, personal blog, uh, which was like the biggest source for uh, my clients, for marketing consultancy, etc. And I started a series of blog posts about SEO and in within the next couple of, maybe it was like less than two years, the blog uh, started giving me quite good um, results. And I uh, reached out to uh, people on a very famous uh, group for SEOs in, in Poland, in Polish community. And I said that, um, I'm starting a new series about things that like not popular things, problems that can break your SEO game. And I would love to invite as many of you as possible to share your uh, experiences and, and thoughts. And the first person who reached out to me uh, was Michał Suski, who back then uh, already worked on Surfers, Surfers uh, beta version, along with Lucian and Swavek. Um, three, uh, three founders of, of the company actually, and we were discussing things. Uh, Michal showed me Surfer in action, and I, after seeing everything, all of those charts, amazing uh, data that could potentially help dozens of companies I I knew back then, I started you know thinking how can I help them? How can I help them in any way? to make Surfer bigger, better, uh, etc. Hi, if you listened to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. So I propose that... uh... Uh, because I, I, I used to live in Warsaw, the capital city of, of, uh, of Poland. Uh, and I was going for some meetups, meetings sponsored by, you know, uh, companies like, for example, Google. Uh, I met a lot of people and two of them were angel investors. So I proposed that I can connect them with surfer guys and see what happened. And actually... Even though we didn't take any money from them, the, the whole process of negotiation and discussions, etc. And Michal coming to Warsaw, uh, sleeping in my flat just to prepare, just to have extra time to prepare for the meeting that's, that used to happen next, the day after, um, made our relationship a bit stronger. And after a couple of months, um, we decided that, well, we'll give it a shot. Guys proposed me to uh, resign of uh, any salary in exchange for some shares yeah and i uh because i was uh i, I had like super super small um ex- i mean maybe i, I didn't 
I have small expenses month to month, and I had some uh, money on my bank bank account. I I took this I took this chance, and I I said that all right, I can resign of salary for a year, uh, get the shares, and then we'll see what's happened what, what happened next. Uh, yeah, so this is how it started actually in 2018. I was 19 years old, uh, so it was pretty pretty intense. I needed to drop uh, from my university that I started uh, in, in uh, October and I resigned after two, two weeks. <laughs> But the good thing about that period is that I, I had a chance to met my current fiance <laughs> in the university. So uh, that's uh, fortunately that, that happened uh, during those two weeks. That's amazing. Well, first of all, going to college can get you more than a degree. <laughs> Second is that uh, I really appreciate how like how open you were in that time of your life. Like you were always active on networking, and you saw opportunity for both parties, which then everybody benefited from. And now Surfer is like, well, the the most popular SEO tool out there. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it depends probably, but but we we did a study and uh, I have some data to, to back that we are uh, kind of recognizable. We did a study on, uh, it was probably 300 uh, SEO experts in the United States, fully randomized list. And the external company was doing that for us. So we avoided bias. And 90% of them uh, consider, uh, like, I mean, they, they, they knew Surfer and they knew what we are doing, right? So not only knowing our brand and the fact that we are working in SEO industry, but they were able to provide information that, yes, Surfer uh, means SEO optimization uh, in the, you know, content area, right? It's not like an uh, all-in-one SEO tool like Ahrefs or uh, SEMrush but we are focusing on the content itself. So yeah, that's, that's how it looked like. Yes. And, and this is why I also want to, you want to ask you about the new brand new AI tool that you guys got. Because I think the time I reached out to you, you were just about to launch it. So uh, walk me through, how was it? How was to launch the one oh. tool? Yeah, so um, we are talking about Surfer AI. And uh, you are right. When we first talked, we, we were in the moment of, of releasing that. So uh, it's, it's going extremely well, to be honest. It's, I don't want to brag, uh, but, we didn't expect, uh, <laughs> but we didn't expect the results it, it's giving. Um, to put that into perspective, there's like almost two months after the premiere and Surfer AI, uh, Uh, is generating approximately 20% of our monthly revenue. So it's definitely by far the biggest launch we ever had, the, the greatest product we, we have ever built in terms of adoption, traction, etc. And of course, nothing uh, would be possible without five years of building other things and making Surfer recognizable, etc. But uh, the, the Surfer AI itself is a huge, huge success. And how does it work? Well. From the, from the moment we saw generative uh, AI, things like GPT-2, GPT-3, uh, we dream about creating a tool that could combine high quality, or high quality uh, uh, writing and SEO optimization. 
we were experimenting with plenty of algorithms, plenty of uh, libraries. Uh, we even started developing our own um, algorithms for that, but we weren't satisfied with the uh, quality of the text. And everything changed after uh, OpenAI developed uh, uh, GPT 3.5. It took took it to another level, actually. We started yeah. working on those uh, algorithms and large mo language models, and, and, and we, we saw a big potential in combining their technology of generating the, the articles and, and text in, 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 in text in general, and our stack that's amazing in you know uh, SEO optimization. So we started putting that together. We combined those all of the knowledge we we developed during the years of, of working with AI, and we developed our own uh, methodology to 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 communicate between all of those parties. And by parties, I mean we are using OpenAI API to some extent. We are using our own technology. We are scraping SERPs in real time, right? We are putting the the the, the, the knowledge in, in real time as well. And uh, to maybe put that into perspective, the whole process from start to finish, if you consider writing just one generating, just one article, uh, takes around 300,000 words. So it's like, it's like reading, writing, and reading again uh, the first book of uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> and that's only one article. So that's amount of the information we are kind of researching, we are analyzing, and then um, we are uh, putting together into one content piece. That is really cool. Have you seen others or even within your guys' space, like uh, ranking a whole site just using Surfer AI generated content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, we are talking about two, almost two months after the premiere, so plenty of people already tested that in the real environment. and. Maybe I should mention that earlier. We had uh, four, month four months long uh, beta uh, beta testing. Of course, we were testing that if the, our recommendation and this content ranks, etc. But it was like super small, uh, super small group of people, probably around 100 uh, people, right? And now we are talking about thousands of them yeah. and dozens of thousands of articles that is being uh, that ha had been generated and published. So. Uh, I saw plenty of case studies already. Uh, some of them are being created by our partners, affiliates. Uh, so some people could think that they are kind of biased, but there are plenty of YouTube videos and Twitter threads and, 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 and re reviews from people who are not our affiliates. Some, some of them are affiliates of our competitors and they are showing the results of Surf AI and they are pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, the, Probably it happened this week, Julian, uh, uh, I, I don't, yeah, Julian, Julian Goody, uh, I, I don't yeah, want yeah. to be, yeah, I don't want to be rude and, uh, and say his uh, last name incorrectly, but uh, he showed the results of uh, putting dozens of Surfer AI articles and making them rank within 20, 24 hours only, right? So it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. We, we saw even people generating hundreds of thousands of views of, of, of clicks a month based only on self AI articles. I personally own a couple of domains where I'm, I'm using self AI uh, for 
the probably the last six months. Yeah, I started I started in February, so it's already half of the year. And they are generating dozens of thousands of clicks. And it's mm-hmm. very quality traffic. For example, one of the domains that's uh, the revenue model uh, on it is based on ads. Okay. It's generating, uh, it, it's azoic, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's generating $300 a month out of 11,000 clicks that's being generated through fully AI generated articles that it took me, you know, some, some, something between, uh, five to seven days in total work to, to put that together. Right. And it's like a passive income, wow. uh, coming, of course, it's not that big. Uh, I, I know people who are generating probably 20, 30 times, uh, more revenue through their uh, website, but yeah, it's, it's still something, right. It's of course. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And now that you, okay, now you see, you see the actual results. And my question here is like, what do you think? How will this uh, phenomenon or like the one click AI generated content will change the content economy in general? Because now content had become so accessible and I guess affordable and fast. I think the speed is what matters here the most. And you guys made it into how, make it into quality content too. So how do you think that will change the content economy? Mm. So I hope uh, that this revolution will turn a lot of writers into editors. And this is what we believe in when uh, when working on Surfer AI. We we really think that we can save lots of time uh, of hundreds of thousands of writers and make them editors. And also because uh, Surfer AI and AI revolution itself is allowing people to generate a lot of content on the go, there is a risk of having plenty of articles that does not provide any value to users, right? So I think that uh, there is maybe maybe it's not zero zero percent chances, but I, I personally think that there there will be always need for real people to verify content, to see it, and maybe deeply personalize it so it sounds like uh, uh, like uh, the brand voice, even though. We have ability to detect the style, transfer it to, 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 to prompts and generate articles that are very similar to what people are writing. I still think that the human touch is needed. And uh, this is why I don't think it will, you know, make uh, millions of people uh, uh, suffer from it. I just think that the people who are not ready to, to change their path, they learn something new will suffer from it. So I think that there is a bigger risk in the competition between people using AI and people who are not using AI instead of AI versus humans. That's my personal view, at yes, least yes. as for now. I 100% agree with you on that. I, my biggest question though is like, well, it's gonna become so competitive. Like I think it's becoming more competitive now than to to rank with sites because everyone, or like the people who can afford to to do one-click AI tools like this, can outrank easier. Easier, and um, I don't know. In like one, maybe other aspects of marketing can stand out because a, AI content is here. Like maybe like, like for example, I'm thinking of. Well, b- building a personal brand in this era is it's a lot more beneficial now for a site so that 
people think that there is a human behind this thing, but not just like yeah. a AI content. I don't know. Think about yeah, d definitely. It, it makes the job much easier, right? So one person can create more, more articles uh, that will still be very, very um, value, uh, that will provide a lot of value to users, right? Because mm -hmm. if you generate an article based on your own instructions, for example, you, you are editing the outline and you are kind of working um, hand, of hand, hand to hand with, with the algorithm to put everything together, I would say it's still yours article. If you're like, you know, submitting it under your name, you should probably have 100% um, um, confidence in, in, the, the, in the situation that the article is bringing the value, right? So this is why I think if you're using AI, you definitely need to be uh, uh, careful and you shouldn't be generating thousands of articles on the, on the one click and just not looking at them. I still think all of those articles are deserving a human touch and at least, at least briefly reading them through, seeing if it's beneficial to the user. If not, then you can regenerate that article with AI or you can just play around, maybe use, um, use tools like a selfie. And that's, uh, that's something that we are releasing in a couple of weeks from now. So maybe, maybe I'll do a sneak peek. So it's an assistant that works like a chat inside Surface Content Editor. So you can imagine having a text being generated by Surface AI and then asking Surface to change this paragraph, to rewrite the whole section, or maybe to expand some sort of the topics. So you're, you, you kind of have a copilot that helps you uh, write everything, put everything together. But you need to remember that you are a pilot here, right? There's only a copilot that, support, that supports you in the process. Well, it kind of sounds like a, you put an editor inside an editor. <laughs> True no? that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that to, I think that also puts a next level of uh, future pivoting for current writers then, because you just told me that they should be editors, but then if you already worked out how to automate editing, so then... Well, yeah, so you, you uh, instead of you uh, rewriting something, you have uh, ability to ask AI to do it, but based on your instructions. So I consider you becoming or being an editor uh, still, right? It's just you not having to put all of those words for your own. You're just asking an AI to do it, to do this manual job that would probably take you 30 minutes to one hour and squeeze it into five minutes of you doing the actual work, which in my opinion is reviewing and deciding what should change in the article, what information is lacking, what kind of information should we add or review again, etc. And that's the real job of editors, not putting the words together, I would say. That's, that's something that can be automated. That's very, very true. All right. Oh, my other question is, well, it's not AI generated content, but uh, more of your role as head of marketing. Uh, when do you also do the hiring for the marketing team? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So yes. uh, now that you are you are actually head of marketing and you're on the field and you do all these cool stuff, what are the things that you're looking for when you hire someone? 
do you ever actually my biggest question like do you ever look at college degrees that's i think that's a controversial thing nowadays like, do you even <laughs> do college degrees um well so answering the last question uh i i don't think we are looking at the degrees i mean uh it's definitely not um not important for us to hire someone with a degree of course as long as it's not uh, at, uh, a position of you know, for example, in the legal team, where oh. we, we need people with those degrees to represent Surfer in, in card, in, in any other idea, right? Where it's like a prerequisite. But in, in the marketing department, we are looking for people that have, uh, have a lot of agency, independence and responsibility. Uh, we really value being bold and having a growth mindset. Uh, Tech skills are a prerequisite to even considering someone for that role. So when hiring and doing interviews, we are focusing on the person's attitude and mindset mostly, right? Uh, because uh, the, all of the work, the, 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 the work of you know, selecting people and uh, for, for the interviews is being done by our uh, HR department, right? So when I'm looking at people's uh, curriculum on the summaries, etc. I'm looking at the people who already passed the tech skills uh, or the uh, skills that are meant to be like a prerequisite for that role, uh, which is very, very, uh, very, very cool. Uh, I can save a lot of time. And a couple of years ago, uh, we needed to do all of that things for our own. So it took dozens of hours and now the HR department is taking care of that. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, so, uh, to put that uh, into perspective, there are also some red flags. And red flags consist of being a bit fluffy, having huge ego, being focused on being focused on themselves instead of the team when they are talking about the past uh, experiences and talking like two times more than listening. Uh, it's always a, a, a red flag or a yellow flag, right? Yellow uh, because... flag, okay. Yeah, <laughs> at least yellow. Yeah, there are some people who who like to talk, and that's uh, that's normal. I pre I'm probably that kind of person as well. But if you are like talking and not giving other people ask questions, then it's probably something something wrong going on there. Uh, and of course, people who are not being able to answer our question straight. Uh, there's, and it's very connected to being fluffy in general, right? If we are asking about some experiences, some things that we saw in their resume, uh, etc., and they are like doing, you know, circles around that topic, they are not providing an exact re answers, then, well, it's a yellow flag as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. So, like, so your process first is uh, to get through HR, which means that what are the tech skills? What, what do you expect, especially mean with that text? Of course. Uh, so it depends on the role, right? So if we are looking to hire uh, someone uh, for the creative team, the, like a designer, right? The brand design, that's our recent hire, uh, Eva, who joined us three months ago. She's a senior brand designer. So I can base the whole story on, on, the, on her process. So the first thing that happened was Arik and, 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 and I putting the job description together, right? Trying to find our uh, places where we need the most uh, the support the most. 
and then we shared that on our LinkedIn and other job uh, listings, etc. And the resumes started to uh, show to pop up, and Kasha or uh, uh, recruiter uh, started interviewing those people who who submitted resumes, right? And uh, out of like three to four people, uh, sorry, out of like three hundred to four hundred people that send the resumes, we've got only three people to the stage when Eric and I interviewed them, right? So for the for the position like that, the technical skills are mostly based on the way they use tools like Figma, Photoshop, or anything else that can show us the, 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 the technical skill in that area. And it's awesome to have a portfolio of the works that they did. But of course, if someone has too much time working on portfolio, and if the portfolio looks like too good, right? Uh, there's all, all, sometimes it, it, it pops out, uh, to our head that it's probably something wrong here because instead of looking at the portfolio, we value looking at the uh, real work, uh, the, the work that's happening in the real environment. So I really love when designers are sharing their portfolio that consists of links to their work that can be seen somewhere. Uh, yeah, so this is like a prerequisite to having a call with me and Arek. Uh, some experience, some works, portfolio, and of course, uh, being able to pass the attitude test that Kasia is doing uh, in during the first first call. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And the last question is, uh, well, if reflecting on all your experience in the past 10 plus years, what is your number one advice for aspiring uh, CMOs or head of marketing people? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I, I would say that probably uh, the most difficult uh, task thing of being CMO or head of marketing is working with people. Uh, so if you want me to provide just one advice, I would say that the sooner you start exploring that area, the better. And there are some great books about very internal matters. For example, start with the why by um, Simon Sinek, <clears throat> good to great by James Collins, principles by Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio, or uh, yeah, one of the greatest books I read last year, Give and Take by Adam Grant. So I think that if you plan to become a leader, uh, maybe a manager per se, as the CMO role is, is, is full of, uh, I think that you'll need to learn to work with people and you will need to learn a lot about yourself because it's very often not about them, but you and the way you handle things, you kind of look at the situations and not giving your ego, take advantage of, 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 of uh, very stressful stressful situations, etc. So yeah, I think uh, th there's also one more thing building on that that's worth considering. You definitely need to develop some sort of uh, ability to look at the things from a distance, right? So you, you can't be deeply engaged in, in your work because if you are, then you probably are looking at this from the 
from too close perspective and you are lacking the bigger picture. So I think that being able to you know, take a step back, see the situation, all of the angles, and put that into bigger picture is the ability that the good CMO should have. Wow. Thank you so much. This was so insightful. I'm going to link everything, all the books you mentioned in the show notes. And if people would like to reach out to you, how can they find you? Uh, so the most preferable way, I would say, is my LinkedIn. I use mm -hmm. this medium the most, maybe Twitter. So if you could put some links to that, uh, that would be awesome. Apart from that, uh, they always can reach me um, by sending email to marketing at surfer seo.com <laughs> amazing all right thank you so much for joining the show and i hope you have an amazing day tom thank you so much Annie. and see you in chiang mai <laughs>